This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. That's right. It's your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim, with a new episode. I am with you, your host, LaChina. And we have, of course, our fabulous producer, Tarika Foster Brasby, who will be celebrating a birthday tomorrow. We will get to that in our fourth quarter. I'm just going to go ahead and make that our fourth quarter discussion. Um, Tarika, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Girl, I love this time of the WNBA season because we are all the way into the playoff push fans. That's right. If you have not been paying attention There's about a month left in the regular season for the WNBA before the top eight teams head to the playoffs. And it's heating up because there's teams that are fighting to get in. There are teams that are in that are trying to stay in. Um, There's a battle for the top two spots where those two teams get a bye to the semifinals. Um, Seed number three and four also get a bye. So there's a lot to be decided Um, And we've got a great show for you today. First of all, just thank you to all of our fans. Continue to download Around the Rim on your ESPN app, on your Apple podcast. You can also subscribe, rate us, leave comments. Um, And if you want to reach us on social media, Twitter, we love tweet, tweet. um, Hashtag Around the Rim is where you can find us. So um, with that being said, we've got a lot to talk about in this show. Skylar Diggins-Smith is going to join us. We finally got Skylar on the show. After 20 years. After 45 years, we finally got Skylar on the show. And then, um, yeah, we're also going to have the Atlanta Dream presence on the show later on with Brittany Sykes and Imani Boyette. So with that, hey, let's just go ahead and head into the first quarter. First quarter. So the first quarter, as you guys know, is our blow the whistle quarter. And I wish we had... The real blow the whistle by Too Short, but you know we don't have the rights to that song. So just pretend that you hear it playing in your head right now. I could sing it, but I'm not sure the fans would appreciate it. But let me just say this: the soundtrack on Insecure. Oh my gosh! Especially in this last show, shake that. You know, okay, I'm not gonna get in. This is a PG-13 show, but there are some songs that I would, especially by Too Short that are on every workout playlist I have. Okay, so anyway, um, we're blowing the whistle on just the league in general right now. Um, Just some hot topics. First of all, fans, keep in mind the playoff format changed for the WNBA last season. So the top eight teams, regardless of conference, make the WNBA playoffs, and that's based on winning. Win, win, win. You have to win. Um, And what happens in that top eight format is that there are two rounds of single elimination games. After those two rounds of single elimination games, the two teams that move on from there will meet the number one and two seed um, in the semifinals, which is the best of five. And then the winner of the semifinals go on to the finals in best of five. As we saw last year, two teams from the Western Conference LA and Minnesota made it to the championship and that's what's so great about this format is that we will see the best two teams so shout out to the WNBA for changing that format so there's a fight right now if the playoffs were to start today Minnesota would be the number one seed LA number two the Connecticut Sun which I'm telling y'all they are hot they've won six in a row 
they're looking to clinch one of those top two spots in order to um, get that bye to the semifinals. Now, they've got some work to do. There's going to have to be some losing that happens from those top teams and some winning by Connecticut. But Kurt Miller's team, uh, WBA Coach of the Month, has done a fantastic job. The number four seed would be the Washington Mystics. Elena Deladon is still out. Um, but Mike Tebow's done a fantastic job. Emma Misa is stepping up. Christy Tolliver. So they have been able to hold serve even without her. Uh, the New York Liberty at number five, they look great. They won three in a row. Bria Hartley has emerged. Shavante Zealous, ooh-wee, has been just, whew. She's a fun player to watch when she's healthy and, and, and playing free like she is right now. Uh, the number six seed would be the Phoenix Mercury. They are back with Brittany Griner. She is back on the team, so that's a good sign for Sandy Brondello's club. The number seven seed, maybe a surprise to most, would be the Dallas Wings. We talked a little bit to Skylar Diggins late in the show about why uh, the Wings have been able to overachieve. And then the number eight seed would be the Chicago Sky, who's also won three in a row. Since trading Tamara Young and Imani Boyette, the team has come together. Cordy Vandersloot is like a baby MVP right now, uh, playing extremely well. Allie Quigley having a breakout season. And then the teams that are fighting... Seattle Storm, who uh, made a coaching change. They actually let head coach Judy Bousset go. Um, and they promoted Gary Klopenberg, who we're all familiar with. And so he is um, the interim head coach for now. And they did actually win after Jenny's firing. They they beat Phoenix. So they're hoping things will look are looking up for their playoff push. Atlanta's in 10th position. They've lost eight in a row. Um, the Indiana Fever in the 11th spot. And then the San Antonio Stars, who have played some of their best basketball in recent weeks, um, are still in last place. So that is a little bit of a rundown of what's happening in the league. Also want to encourage fans to make sure you're visiting ESPNW.com for all of the latest news on what's happening in the WNBA as well as WNBA.com, which uh, there's a great piece with Kobe Bryant uh, that you may want to check out on the main site right now. So uh, just a couple of things to look forward to. And uh, in case you're wondering, Sylvia Fowles is still the MVP. And is, with that... Is anybody going to challenge <laughs> her for that? Anybody? Uh, it's quiet. I see. Yeah. It's real quiet. <laughs> so uh, now that we've established that Syl is uh, still Syl and needs a cape, let's head into the second quarter. <laughs> Second quarter, inside the huddle. Fans, guess what? It's the second quarter, and yes, we are going inside the huddle. And this is the quarter where we get the scoop, usually from a player or, you know, someone that's just going to give us a different angle or inside of the WNBA. And I would just like to welcome, let me just tell y'all first and foremost, I think it's taken us, Tarika, what would you say, all of a year and a half to get our guests on the show? What would you say? Be, I'm going to go a little bit over-exaggerate and say about 20 years. Okay, yeah, about right. 20 years to get our next <laughs> guest on the show. Join me in welcoming Skylar Diggins-Smith. Welcome, Skylar. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we did yes, it. We did it. We did it. Well, getting you on the show has definitely been harder than um, scheduling President Obama or even Michelle for that <laughs> for that note. Wow. We're excited to have you. Um, how's it going? How are you doing? I've been good. You know, the season grind is going on right now. We've got about five games left. So, yeah, you know the grind of the season, just trying to finish strong. 
Yes, and speaking of finish strong, I mean, right now your Dallas Wings are in the seventh spot in the WNBA standing. So if the playoffs started today, you would be in the playoffs, which is a surprise to a lot of people considering how young this team is. So, Skylar, from your seat as the leader, and that's crazy to say because you would, I mean, you're a vet technically, but not really. <laughs> but on this team, you are a vet. Um, what has been the key to kind of you guys making this push and putting yourself in position to make the playoffs this year? I think just taking it one game at a time. I mean, coming in, we had, you know, injuries. We had uh, six new players. So half of our team was new, five rookies. Um, so, you know, it took us, we knew it, took, it would take a little time to uh, get our chemistry. Um, you know, the, the great thing about it is, though, sometimes it's great to have youth on our side. And, um, you know, we've been able to uh, pull through with some of the games, just taking it one game at a time. Um, and beat a lot of teams in this league and, and try to compete every night. So that's really our goal on this team. I thought Fred, you know, Fred Williams and Coach Bridget and uh, Coach Ties, they've done a great job of, uh, you know, just developing us and just really taking their time and, and uh, you know, having patience with this young squad. And, um, you know, it's been paying off for us. And we definitely had our fair share of lumps. Um, but, you know, I'm proud of this team and, and the fight of this team for us being so young, being in a position to, uh, you know, play in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's interesting with those five rookies, and I, I've said this on air, but I got to hear this from you, like myself, because, you know, I spent some time with Muffin a couple months ago, and she always talks about you and how, like, you made her step up her game as a coach. She's like, listen, Skylar's basketball IQ is ridiculous. She made me better as a coach because I knew I had to be come in, be prepared, all of that. So where have you found the patience with these rookies? Because sometimes I'm watching the game and I'm like, ooh, you know, I see that you see things in one way. Uh, but you're, you've been able to allow them to grow and work through those growing pains. How have you found that patience? Yeah, I mean, it's really made me be more of a mature player. Um, I think going through an injury and, like, when me tearing my ACL, I, I developed a little more patience. Um, just because that's how the process is. We're coming back. It's tedious. It takes time. Um, so I developed a little patience there that kind of helped me. But, you know, really Fred came to me and said, you know what, you're going to have to be a leader on this team. we got a lot of young players. So um, just I wanted to be somebody that, you know, the rookies could come to, could talk to, um, you know, just telling them it's a process. Because I remember my rookie year, and it wasn't all, um, you know, candy canes and gumdrops. It was a lot of adversity. Um, it was a learning curve. So just trying to put myself in that position and, um, you know, just help be there for them and, and be a leader. Yeah, you mentioned uh, your injury. So you come in as the, the number three overall pick in the 2013 draft. Um, and, you know, you would go on to be most improved and put your name in MVP conversations. And then in June of 2015, uh, you tore your ACL. And, and you've often... Um, reflected on that and, and not just the rehab and all of that is something that kind of changed you as a person and player. How how did it do that? Well, like I said, I mean, it just it just made me uh, slow down. Um, you know, injuries are an anomaly, and I was somebody that, you know, thought more was more. You know, I'm, I pride myself on being a hard worker. Um, I did a lot, you know, during the season and the off season to, you know, try to try to stay, you know, on top of my game and just keep improving every year. And, um, you know, when I got hurt, I had to take a step back and kind of start over again. And um, I learned a lot about my body. I learned a lot about how to take care of my body, um, how to eat, how to, um, you know, exercise and what and what to do to, um, you know, try to prevent that from happening again and just getting my strength back. So it was a process for me that definitely was uh, more mentally um, tolling than anything. 
Um, and then some frustration with coming back. You know, obviously when you come back, you uh, you have to learn it all over again, get your rhythm of the game. And, um, yeah, that, that's just what it was for me. But, you know, I think just the great thing about it is, um, you know, I'm back and I'm able to play this game again. And I, I love this game so much. And um, just picking up, you know, where I left off and, you know, my game has had to evolve. And, um, yeah, I like where I'm at right now. I still know I got more to give. But, you know, as far as being able to be on that floor, it's just uh, I never take it for granted. Yeah, you look like you're in fantastic shape. And people keep saying, you know, Skylar's back physically to where she was before the injury. And don't kill my dreams if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're in better physical shape than you were before. But I'm that's just me. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I know some of that had to do with you also um, getting prepared for your wedding, which we will talk about in a moment. But I'm going back, I'm just in my mind, I'm thinking about Notre Dame because that was my first interaction with you. And I remember something in particular, obviously, you know, I, I need to know the status of Headband Nation, but um, I remember tweeting mm-hmm. one day and saying, you know, I, I wanted a Skylar Diggins headband, and the first time I met yes. you, you bought me one, and I thought that I still have that headband, like still have it. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. just it told me a lot about you a, a, as a person, and just you know, I mean, uh, come on, like you're you're arguably the most popular player in women's basketball. For you to take that moment, I just wanted to reflect on that um, and get emotional. But what has happened to Headband Nation? Are we still live or what? What's going on? You know what, Headband Nation, you know, it's still represents, still going strong. Um, you know, I'll never say I was the one that was the first one to ever put a headband on. But as far as the tie headband era goes, I definitely feel like I helped popularize the trend. And that was just something that was, was awesome. And, you know, I still get girls that send me um, pictures and that still continue to support. And that was, was, was by my line of headbands. And um, I don't see that, that going away anytime soon. Um, obviously, you know, I got a I got a new team that I'm with, uh, Team Puma. I'm so happy about that, and looking forward to, you know, launching a new line of of products with Puma. And um, so yeah, Headband Nation still going strong. You know, for me, uh, you know, I went with a little different swag this year. It was getting pretty popular in the WNBA, so I went with a little different swag this year. But uh, no, definitely, I think uh, it definitely can make a comeback. And uh, you know, I still see uh, young girls supporting everybody supporting it, so I appreciate it. I just I hold that title of a CEO of Headband Nation for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the grown and sexy look going on now with the bun. You got the the grown and sexy bun. It's married. So, it's, I, I'm married now. You know, I'm right, I'm married now. I'm married now. But wait, uh-huh. before we before we move to that Puma, now you shook up the game a bit with this with this move, and so I, I got to know what was behind it. Kind of what was this decision going into it? Because I think the expectation was, you know, we'll see Skylar Smith next to a Nike check forever, uh, but that's yeah. not the case. So what what no. happened there? You know, what I really loved about the brand of the Puma was their commitment to women and culture. I really loved the direction the brand was going in there. Um, you know, I, like I said, I really loved um, the lifestyle portion of the brand, how it uh, translates from, you know, from sport to, um, you know, everyday life. Um, I was really happy with the, how the brand was, was growing and continued to grow year after year. And um, it's something that really drew me to the brand and, uh, you know, their love for sport and their their commitment to women and culture. Wow, that's a really that's a game changer, because uh, to be honest, I mean, I hadn't heard Puma in forever. Like, you know, so when you when you said you were signing Puma, I was like, wow, where did they come from? So where do you think (laughs) your unique opportunity is with them in terms of who you are with your celebrity, but also with women's basketball? Yeah, well, I'm the only basketball athlete, period. That, that Puma has right now. 
Um, obviously, Pullman's very, very successful in the uh, football, soccer realm. Um, you know, in the track, obviously, you see the, the best in the world wearing the Puma brand in, in that sport. Um, and, and for me, just trying to uh, do that for, for basketball and uh, women's basketball. And I'm really excited um, to not only, you know, be put in and get break that glass ceiling on, you know, stepping outside the box and not being just basketball, but also being a, a lifestyle ambassador as well. And um, it's something I think uh, is going to be dope. I'm passionate about a lot of things. I think basketball is a big part of what I do, but it's not the only part of, of my life. And I think they're they're ready to showcase that side of uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith as well. I love that. And, and congrats, congrats on being a trailblazer in that way, because, you know, we often talk about getting the women's brand into spaces where we don't see it currently. And that's a space that we don't see it. You know, Puma has a different audience. They've got, you know, a different platform. And so here it is just um, an opportunity to expand the brand of definitely nationally and internationally. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the international piece is attractive as well. So you you've we've mentioned it a couple times, but um, you is married now. Um, <laughs> and, and according to sources, you were married in February 2017. But you kept that thing pretty well on the hush in terms of when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen. But um, you did marry Daniel Smith, who also um, attended Notre Dame. From what I understand, you guys met there. He played on the football team. Uh, what was just getting prepared for that? What was that like? And, and how did you know you were ready to get married, Skylar? Yeah, well, you know, actually, Dan and I went to middle school together. So we knew the, we knew each other since we were about 11, 12 years old. And, um, you know, he was always the, the most athletic uh best looking guy around uh but we reconnected <laughs> in college and um you know he's just definitely the love of my life he's my best friend um the best man i've ever known and um you know, we got married april 29th in chicago dang we went um, off <laughs> yeah 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 no we, uh, <laughs> you know we were planning you know i was pretty much a hermit when, when we were in the planning stages and training stages and um you know we had a lot going on last season but we took about um we took about nine or ten months to plan, and uh, we got married at the Contemporary Museum of, Museum of Art in Chicago, which is a you know Midwest city that we felt was the nearest biggest city to South Bend, Indiana, where we both are from. Um, I also got engaged in a in an art museum, so we just were keeping that theme. But you know, it was a beautiful. It was a very small wedding, about 125 people, and um, you know, it was it was it went so quickly. It went so quick. You do all that all that planning, and then time goes past so quickly. But um, it was a perfect night, you know. We couldn't ask for I, I couldn't ask for a more special of uh, uh, wedding, and just the group of people that were around was it, it was it was a magical night. So yes, it's awesome. We are almost four months in now, and um, yes, yeah, in the best four months of my life. I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been uh, by far. Skylar, I have to ask you. I got married last year, and the one question that always comes up after you get married is, "When are you having babies?" So, have yeah, you I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is. It really is. See? You know what? Well, it's funny because we, we haven't even been on a honeymoon yet. Oh. Because we, we got married on the 29th. I think our team actually had a game that day. Like, we, uh. we, we just went straight from, straight from uh, you know, straight from the wedding. And then I, was, I practiced two days later. We got married on Saturday. I practiced on Monday. So, um, you know, we're waiting to after the season. We're taking suggestions, too, for honeymoons. We haven't picked where we want to go yet. Um, Barbados. So we, gotta, we still got to do that. Yeah. Yeah, before we talk about babies and stuff, man, we got to check, check the list off. 
Well, no pressure, Skylar, but I mean, the way that the women <laughs> in this league have children and bounce back, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm so impressed. No, I need to take a page out of, like, Gloria's book or, like, Bria, <laughs> right. or Bria Hill, yeah. Taylor Hill, like, those, yes. those girls, man, they bounce right back. Yeah, the bounce back is crazy. So um, I definitely want my kids to see me play, though. I want my kids to see me play. You know, that's so powerful. And I'm glad you said that because, and this is going to be so whack, but my first, like, thought about young girls and, and young boys watching their parents play, their, their mom in particular, came from loving basketball. Yeah. Like, do you remember that scene where at the end where, like, you look over... You know, they, you know, we've seen that basketball play, you know, we've seen that movie a million times. Everybody knows that scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, regardless if I have, um, if we, if we have, you know, young men or, or young women, you know, I definitely just want our kids to be able to see, uh, you know, their mom in that realm. Um, it would be especially, you know, if we had young daughters to be able to aspire to, you know, play at that level or just to, you know, hopefully sustain the league long enough for them to, to play in that league and, and to see that. So, Definitely, yeah. uh, like I said, don't take the platform for granted, and it's it's, it's special. I think uh, you know, seeing players like Candice and seeing her daughter and how big her eyes are when her mom is playing and she watching her mom. I think that's pretty dope. Yeah, that is that is, and I mean, Layla has come full circle. I remember she wouldn't dance, she wouldn't do anything. I looked over the sideline the last time I was in LA. Honey, she was leading the dance charge. She was on the big screen, okay? Like, awesome. I said, okay, yeah, she's definitely acclimated. So um, just really quickly, you know, you were um, signed to Rock Nation back in 2013, and that was that's a huge deal. It still is a big deal. When you, I'm sure you get tons of offers in terms of marketing, and we see you with ads and things like that. How do you make this decision on what you represent, what's important, and how do you prioritize all the requests that come your way? You know, I have a great uh, a great group of people around me. And, uh, you know, really when I signed to Rock Nation, I think I was the second athlete that signed. I think it was Robinson Cano, and then it was me. And then, you know, Victor Cruz and obviously Kevin Durant. And, mm-hmm. and then now I don't know how many people are signed. You know, the Lizzie just keeps growing every day. But, um, you know, luckily I was able to, to have a great group around me and, and get to meet everybody early. Everybody was really heavily invested. And, you know, it stayed that way for me throughout my career, no matter how many people, um, you know, are, are, are signed to the brand every day. You know, I still got a great group of people that um, look out for me. And, you know, I don't want to say assigned to me, but we've become a family, really. Um, and it starts with Jana Fleischman, um, you know, Juan and Desiree Perez, obviously uh, Jay. Um, you know, the list goes on and on about uh, people who they put around me, Joe Branch, and just to look out. And um, really, we become a family. And when I say that, it's like, you know, we know each other. They know me. They know what I want. Um, they're the best at what they do in the world. And um, it's really a, a collaborative um, effort, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that we're doing things that, you know, that align with my brand and what I want to do. Um, and that's just how it's been since day one. So it, it's been an awesome relationship. I'm really happy with the relationship and I can see it continuing, um, you know, for years and years and years. Well, if Jay-Z ever decides he wants to start signing broadcasters, girl, please send him my name. <laughs> I am Jay-Z since reasonable doubt. Like I can, I tell him I can go. recite the entire album word for word. So just keep me posted yeah, on yeah. that. Now, before <laughs> I let you go, um, obviously you guys are making the playoff push now, you know, looking at this team, Glory is playing fantastic. You know, you guys have Courtney yes. Paris back. Ariel Powers has given you even more depth. And 
I have to take a moment to give you an opportunity to tell the fans of Around the Rim, why do you think Alicia Gray should be Rookie of the Year? Because there's now a little bit of a race with Brittany Sykes, uh-huh. but you uh-huh. see Alicia every day. What makes her special in your sure. opinion? Well, you know, I only can speak for Gray. And, you know, I, I, from the moment that she stepped um, in the building, she's been nothing but a hard worker. Um, she's somebody that came in and contributed right away. She's definitely um, wise beyond her years. And it really was no learning curve for her. You know, she came in and is exactly who we needed her to be. Um, she's somebody that not only can uh, score the basketball, but she can rebound the basketball. She can defend. Um, you know, she can pass the ball. It's just, I, I've always, I've marveled at her skill all year. And like I said, that's, that's a backcourt mate that, you know, I hope to have until I retire. And um, she's mm. definitely been somebody that is a, a huge, huge part of, of our success. And I don't, I don't even think she realizes it. You know, when she came in this league, you know, she's a rookie, so she, she doesn't know any better but just to, to play her game, and that's exactly what she's done. So regardless of what happens, I'm extremely proud of Gray. And, um, you know, she's going to be somebody that's going to be terrorizing uh, opponents for years to come. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Gray. And if rookie of the year or not, you know, she's my rookie of the year. And um, <laughs> somebody that, that a teammate that I really love. I love it. She is so cool, calm, and collected. Like, I love her poise. Face doesn't change. She plays, you know, with the same motor the entire game. Um, She is, she's definitely one of my favorites. Well, Skylar, wow. I just cannot believe we had you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, We did it. And we'll be watching it. I'll tell you, the Dallas Wings, let me tell you, the, the, the word that comes to my mind is relentless. Like, I love the toughness, the physicality that you guys bring, the speed that you can play with going up and down the floor. Nobody is sleeping on y'all. I just want you to know. Maybe at the beginning That's of the season right. we, we were. Don't mind. We don't feel like being on the dogs. Let them stay asleep. Let them stay asleep. Thank right. you for having me. I think it's dope. It's dope what you're doing with the podcast. I always appreciate how you, um, you know, advocate for women's basketball and everything you do for the game. So, so shout out to you and the show. Thank you so much, guy. Appreciate it. And tell Daniel we said, hey, he picked a great one. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, sounds All right, good. we'll talk All to right, you soon. Sounds- Fans, stay right where you are because we have the third and fourth quarter coming up. The Atlanta Dreams of Monty Boyette and Brittany Sykes, candidate for Rookie of the Year, will be joining Tarika in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, something special for the birthday girl. So stay right where you are. Third quarter. Scouting report. We are back for the second half of the show and for our third quarter where we normally talk about our scouting report and go off the bench, we have the rookie of the year candidate, uh, Brittany Sykes joining us as well as Imani Boyette. Welcome you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited to have you guys on the show. For one, I've been chatting back and forth on Twitter, basically stalking Imani for like the last eight months. And that's just kind of how I roll. And <laughs> and I've been kind of doing the same thing with Brittany, but way back to like Syracuse days. So pretty much this is a this is like a dream for me right now to, to have an opportunity to talk to both of you guys. How has everything been? Uh, we'll start with you, Brittany. First year in the league. Tell me what it's like to, to call yourself now a WNBA player. It's fun. <laughs> I think that's like the only word that can really describe um, my experience here. It's, it's been great. You know, you have those highs and lows in your rookie season, but all in all, I've had an amazing time. 
You know what? Funny thing is, I got word that you have already derived a nickname from Coach that they call you Slim. So tell yeah. us about where that comes from. Um. Well, uh, I'm pretty small, <laughs> so um, just. I had on black leggings in practice, and coach was like, oh, man, look, your your leggings, they have, like, air pockets in them. I'm trying to say I was really skinny. Oh, wow. And I was trying to tell them that black makes you look slimmer. So um, he was like, I, I, he was like, right, I'm going to come up with a nickname for you. And then one day in practice, he was like, slim. And I turned around. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and so, I mean, it just stuck. So Slim is, I go by Slim. I introduce myself as Slim because I hear it so much. Because you hear it. I get it totally. Um, That that right there officially means that you've made it. Like when you have, <laughs> when you have derived the nickname, you have officially made it. And again, when I introduced you, Rookie of the Year candidate, you were Rookie of the Month for July. Your name is ringing loudly in this conversation. How have you been able to to kind of stay focused and block out, you know, all the sidebar and all the noise and all the excitement surrounding you right now? Um, I think I've just, you know, kept a level head, you know, just listen to my teammates, listen to my coaches and just been, you know, just keeping an op- open ear, honestly, to just any and everything just to learn and, and be a sponge. Now, Imani, you've been a rookie, so you know what this process is like. Second-year player, spent a lot of time in Chicago. Now you're down in Atlanta. Tell us what was the first thing that went through your mind when you found out that you were going to be joining the Dream. Um, I was excited, first and foremost, um, because I've known Coop pretty much my entire life. So uh, (laughs) I already knew what to expect with him. And then – Playing for a team like Atlanta, they run a lot. They're defensive-minded. I knew that I would fit into the way they play, and I was excited to play for a coaching staff that was excited about me. Absolutely. Like, you you definitely have a history with him. Your mom played with him from L.A., Lakers, great. Uh, question for both of you. Imani, you can go first. You know, what what were some of the things that had you excited about playing for, for Coop, and what is it like to play under his leadership? Um, I'm new, so Slim probably has more stories than I do. But I just appreciate, um, you, like, tell me what you need. Um, he always has a really funny story or weird questions to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just appreciate the straightforwardness. Um, so, yeah, I've been enjoying my coaching thus far. I have no complaints. Awesome. How about you, Brittany? Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because um, I didn't really know who Coop was. Until, like, everybody who found out I was going to the Dream, they were like, oh, my gosh, you're you're, you're getting coached by Showtime Coop. I'm like, who? <laughs> I'm like, who is that? <laughs> and um, they were like, you don't know, Showtime Coop. Uh, they just keep saying the nickname, and I'm just looking at everybody like, okay, Showtime Coop, okay. Like, I'm getting coached by him. And then I look him up, and I see, like, everything that he's done, and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you had to bring this, Google this, out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I meet him in person and, um, you know, it just, we click, you know, he gets on us, but at the same time, he makes everything fun and enjoyable. So I love that in a coach and I'm, I'm lucky that like, we are lucky to have him as a coach. So it's been great. It's been pretty cool. That's, that's wonderful. Now, Atlanta is 
right in the thick of things trying to make the playoff push and sometimes that can become a little difficult when you've got uh, new players added to the team and when you're trying to build that team chemistry so what are you guys doing uh, I'll start with you Slim can I call you Slim is that okay yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cause I'm gonna be one of the cool kids today. I'm, I'm I'm gonna act like I've been knowing you for like 20 years or whatever. So <laughs> again, though, what is that? You know, what is that like when you are uh, when you're trying to build that chemistry with teammates and when you're trying to make that playoff push? Like, what are some of the things that you guys are doing or working towards as a team to try to make that happen this year? Um, I think one of the things is just you know maintaining our, our mental toughness and just staying positive. Um. You know, when we do that, you know, we, we get things going, we get things running. We've come up short a couple of times, but um, we're still positive about our playoff run. And I think that's huge in the situation that we're in to, you know, keep our heads up and know that if we go out there and give maximum effort and energy and leave it all on the court, you know, you, you can't do anything else about that. But we're still we're still pushing. And that's the biggest thing. And Imani, with you being fresh to the team, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to bringing to Atlanta now that you're now that you're there and you're able to to, to bring that post presence? What are some of the things you're looking to bring to the team? Um, I think Coop and Coach Carr they made it very clear what they needed me to do when I got here, which was really exciting for me because it's like what I enjoy doing. So they just asked me to rebound at more rebounds through our already great rebounding team and have a big defensive presence, block shots, rebound, and run. And that's, like, what I love to do. So So, being new to the league, um, being new to a team, there's sometimes people uh, have reservations when they first come into the league. And I don't know if you had some, but a lot of rookies that I've spoken to, they've always had some players who they thought were going to be intimidating when they first came across them or someone who they were really excited to finally face or get on the court with. So I'm going to, I'm going to get some of these from you too. So I'll start with Slim first. Who's the one player who you were very excited to finally see and play on the court when you first came into the league? Um, I don't know. It's hard because <laughs> it was that's that's hard. I can't pick one because there 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 there's a few that um I look forward to to playing against to just share the court with them. I uh, you know I watched them as I grew up. You know playing in this league, and then it's like wow, I'm on this court, and not in the sense of like being starstruck, but in the sense of you know that respect of you know. You, you know, encouraged me to get to this part. You were like everybody who I looked up to was a part of that process of pushing me to get to where I am now. It's like, all right, now I'm getting buckets. Okay. Give me your top buckets. three. So, there we go. I'll make it easy for you. Give me your top three. Uh, let's see. Top three, definitely uh, was crazy playing playing and having to guard her. The uh, uh, DT, Dan Tarasi. <laughs> that was that was pretty cool. I was like, man. <laughs> I think another one would have to have been uh, Cappy Pondexter because when she was on the Liberty, I would go to all the games when they were in Newark, like right in my backyard mm-hmm. at the Virginia Center. So it was pretty cool. Like I'm like, wow, I watched you now. Brick City. <laughs> so our <laughs> producer for the day is Kyrie, and he's from Jersey. So uh, hey, he's definitely he he watches some Liberty games. So he's he's gonna represent really quick. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Brick City all day. Oh, I saw the nine seven three area code. I wasn't sure, but that's confirmation. So, so that's oh what's yeah, up. confirmation right there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, 
uh, playing against Christy Tolliver. Mm. That she she was the reason why I wore number twenty in high school and college. So I was like, wow, I'm playing against you. Uh, months ago, I did an interview with Cynthia Cooper Dyke, and I was like, how do I change from being a fan <laughs> to being a journalist for this interview? <laughs> so, Imani, you've been in the league a year already. Um, who were some of the people who you were excited to face when you first had an opportunity to step on the court with them? And who are some uh, some people who you thought would be a little, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Some people who you thought would be, you know, maybe a little tougher or maybe a little oh. bit more mean or maybe oh. a little bit more oh. rugged. And you were like, wait, trying I, 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 I'm trying to set you up. I'm trying to I set you up. I don't got to answer for that second one. Uh, but uh, I think unlike Slim, I was hella starstruck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so starstruck. Um, last year in the final, in the semifinals, like, the first two games of the semifinals, like, having a guard, Candice and NECA, like, I was just trash because I was just so, like, I'm in the semifinals, my rookie year, I'm starting, and I'm playing the two MVPs. Like, it was just, it was crazy. I got better as as the series went on, but it was too late. But <laughs> that, and then I think, um, I played BG. One of the biggest reasons I went to Texas outside of, like, the academics and stuff was because I wanted to play BG. So I played her in my freshman year, and she was a senior. In the first game, I beat her. In the second, I never beat Baylor, but, like, my stat-wise, I beat BG. And in the second game, she, like, ate me up. Mm-hmm. So, like, my rookie year, I was excited to play her again just to, like, see how I measured up, like, how I got better and vice versa. In terms of who I thought would be tougher, I always thought Kathy was going to be really mean. But she's actually, like, a sweetheart. <laughs> That's good to hear. We're going to have Cappy on the show. So I'm excited to know that now. Now I know she's not going to cut me up because she do look like she like she will get at she, you. She looks really mean, though. That's pretty cool. Well, ladies, I have had a wonderful time talking to you guys. And before I let you guys go, you know, there's this thing now that, you know, everyone's talking about the youth movement in the league and how uh, the younger players are really stepping up and really taking over and really driving the WNBA forward. And when I look at players like yourselves, I really feel confident in the future of this game. So I just want to say thank you guys for being awesome and for continuing to give other young women and other young little girls, you know, an opportunity to see what happens when you, you know, stay steadfast and you stick with this game and you put forth the effort to be great. So thank you, ladies, uh, for coming on the show and, and for just for what you continue to do for the game of women's basketball. Thank you so thank much you. for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Fourth quarter. Out of bounds. Hello, fans. It is your favorite quarter all around the rim. It's our fourth quarter, Out of Bounds, where we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And I wanted to just take a moment to say happy birthday to our fabulous producer, Tarika Foster Brasby. Yes, yes. For those of you that don't know, Tarika is, she does everything for our podcast. She's our producer, but she also schedules our guests. Um, you just research its topics. She keeps up with the league. She keeps me on my toes because I am a lot to deal with. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I am a lot to deal with. She has a little perfectionist on the other end of this podcast. But anyway, she's put up with me and she's done a lot for women's basketball during her time being involved with both the WNBA and on the college side. So, Tariq, I just want to reflect on this birthday and, and kind of what this time in your life means to you. 
Well, first off, thank you so much for feeding my Leo ego because you know Leos love attention, right? So I should have I should have had Skylar j- jump in on that because she's a Leo she's too. She's a Leo too, exactly. So thank you for feeding my Leo ego. But on, in all seriousness, though, this is actually a really um, monumental birthday for me because I like to give all of my birthday themes, and my theme for thirty three is the year of completion. So this year I have put some goals in front of me. I have my vision board already made and completed. And I am going to do everything I can possibly do to accomplish everything that I set out to do. And those things include, I'm actually in the process of writing a book that will be, um, you heard it here first, you heard it here first on Around the Rim. I will be writing a book um i've already started it's under a pen name and it is scheduled to release in november right after uh thanksgiving that's awesome be on the lookout for that um and just kind of building myself professionally continuing to work with great people like yourself lachina and just continuing to do what i can do to help the game of women's basketball because i love it so much and i love our fans and their dedication and uh, I need to do a little bit more traveling this year. You think I do enough of it, right? But you know, you need to, yes, you do enough of it for your sorority. Okay, yeah. every time I turn around, girl, if I could just get a piece of time that you don't designate to your sorority, honey, I might write a book too because <laughs> you, honey, when I tell you, Thanks. you are all about that sorority. Woo! I and I love it. it. I it's love beautiful. It. I love it. Though so I'm excited about. Um, I'm excited about this birthday this year and everyone who's wished me happy birthday on Twitter I appreciate it Um, I'm getting older I'm getting wiser but I appreciate it I thank God so much for allowing me to see another year and I'm excited about it so you guys can get excited about it too well keep the birthday love coming her handle on Twitter is at she knows sports underscore and we are with you in completion we're excited about the book and everything else that you want to achieve and accomplish we love you, Tarika. Oh, but I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.